Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oh, the Underworld had the best week yet on our Pick'em Generator. And Josh Larkey picked five of those to win a five-play parlay. They have parlays on Underdog, underdogfantasy.com. Promo code Underworld, promo code Underworld, promo code Underworld. Get on there and see what kind of pick'em options are available. You'll have a lot of fun this weekend. I was worried. I was worried that after last week, there were only a handful of players we were excited about. Is waiver wire season ending? Is it? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. And then sure enough, no, 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 we're fine. We've got we've got an incredible waiver wire week in front of us heading into week seven. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. It's, it's a good one. It's a good one. And for all the wrong reasons, right? For, for reasons we hate. Right? I, I hate what's happening which is players we like are going in for MRIs. Like that I don't like. Like that, see that, mmm, mmm. That I don't like. Last week it was Saquon Barkley. Like, oh, right, damn it. Right, even some people like Clyde edwards Solaire. Oh, damn it, opened up Darrell Henderson. He comes out, uh, two touchdowns, yay, right? I was thinking, is, is that it? Is that all we got? Just a couple free squares for a couple weeks, a couple rentals? And then Khalil Herbert said, no, 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 no. The best value all year, Khalil Herbert, per the waiver wired show on playerprofiler.com. And he went out and, and smashed last week over 20 fantasy points. Why? Because he's athletic. Like, he's actually athletic. That's the difference. You love that. Like, that. that's a source of upside, right? Any running back can take an inside carry three yards. That's what Daryl Williams did. Daryl Williams did that this past week. Three yards of carry, but he gave you the three touchdowns. And Alex Collins can do that, right? But these players run to contact, and sure enough, Alex Collins has a hip injury as predicted. Like, this is, this is what they do. They come in, and these are warriors. These are gladiators that they would come in and, and take these high-contact touches happily. Like, this is their job. Alex Collins has just hung around the league, hung around the league. He's well past the age apex. He's close to 30 years old. You just look up, oh, there's Alex Collins again. Happy to just grind it out, right? And you, you have to respect these players for doing that. But I prefer running backs that actually have some athleticism to break long runs, have lateral quickness so they can be more active in the passing game. They can be slick receivers. That's Khalil Herbert, upper percentile speed and agility. Now he can be used more frequently in the passing game. 
with this more versatile skill set. That's why you want the more versatile skill set. In real life NFL, it doesn't much matter, right? It doesn't much matter who you draft at running back because you shouldn't be calling pass plays anyway. And throws to running backs are less efficient than throws to wide receivers and tight ends. So that's why we say running back doesn't matter. Running back doesn't matter because in NFL games, no matter what you do in the running game, it can't possibly be as efficient as the passing game, even the Titans. Like, you might say, oh, well, Derrick Henry. At the end of the year, we're going to look back, and the Titans would have been better off throwing more often than they ran the ball. That's just what NFL teams are incentivized to do. It is a truth of the NFL. You should be throwing the ball. That's why running back doesn't matter. But if you are going to run the ball, or you are going to start a player in your fantasy football league, you want them to be athletic, to maximize the fantasy points they score on any individual touch, and you want them to be versatile. And athleticism is part of that versatility so that they can be on the field more often and command more touches and more carries and more targets and everything. So that's why we preferred Khalil Herbert. And this week, I preferred Jarrett Patterson. Jarrett Patterson's not Khalil Herbert, okay? He's not as fast. He's not as agile. He's not Khalil Herbert. But it's a similar archetype of player. That's why when I'm ranking my pickups, I'm not going for the one-week rental and to Ernest Johnson. I'm not going for Rashad Penny or DJ Dallas, though I do like both of those guys this week. I'm prioritizing Jarrett Patterson because a player we love just like last week, all oh, player we love, Saquon Barkley goes down. This week, player we love, Antonio Gibson goes down, and the dreaded MRI is mentioned, right? At least with Saquon Barkley, there's no MRI, right? With Antonio Gibson, there's a hairline fracture, there's shin splint, whatever you want to call it, and there's an MRI. And I, I just, that word, it's just, ah, uh, shiver runs down my spine. I can't hear that word. <laughs> <laughs> without a visceral response. And the beauty of Jarrett Patterson is when you go to playerprofiler.com, I would highly recommend going to playerprofiler.com, looking up Jarrett Patterson because it's fascinating. He came out young, right? He came out young, 21 years old from a small school. You're like, that's weird. That rarely happens. Most of these small school running backs, they play all four years and they come out a little bit older, like James Robinson from Illinois State. Jarrett Patterson said, no, I'm coming out now. Even though I'm not a monster athlete, even though I went to a small school, doesn't matter. I'm a monster producer, super efficient, 6.7 yards per carry. But in college, not, not a receiver, right? College target share for Jarrett Patterson, 2.9%. And so far this season, he has one catch, right? One catch. If Maybe, maybe more than that, but I've only seen him catch the ball once. Let's check this. Let, this we should check. This one catch seems too low. He might have more than that. Let's let's check it. One catch would be bad. Does he have more than one catch? Yes, he has two catches. <laughs> Thank God. Oh my God. Oh, he has two catches. But the problem is the, the his catch last week, week six, was for negative yards. Oh damn it. But is he? He's at least getting a target or two here and there. That we like. But there's no evidence on the Jarrett Patterson profile. This guy's a strong receiver. So. We're not bidding anything close to what we were bidding on, you know, Elijah Mitchell, Chuba Hubbard, even Khalil Herbert. No, no, no. That's not this week. That's not. The, we're not even bidding anything close to what we bid on 
Daryl Williams. Like, Daryl Williams is like a multi-week rental on one of the top offenses. We're talking about two touchdowns a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want, yeah, you. it's a, it, as good of a rental as you could possibly get <laughs> from a running back that runs a 4-7, like a true plotter. Like, it, it, the only way that guy's super valuable is if he's exactly Daryl Williams on the Chiefs. Jarrett Patterson isn't any of this, and yet there's still not a better option on the waiver wire this week than Jarrett Patterson because he at least has long-term upside because it's possible they just decide to shelf Antonio Gibson. I would. They're not going to be competitive this year with Taylor Hennigke. Come on, man. Just let him rest. Let him get healed. It's a runner's injury. Any runner, marathon runner knows. Hey, listen, you get shin splints, you get hairline fractures in your leg, your tibia, your tibula, just Rest it, man. It's fine. Just rest it. Give it six weeks, and it'll be healed, and you'll be fine. But if Jarrett Patterson were the one B to J.D. McKissick for six weeks, that's a valuable player. And J.D. McKissick is not this super durable player. He is svelte. He's a scat back, right? He's a scat back. So he's not going to be able to absorb primary back touches. No way. Patterson can, though, because I know you're thinking, oh, oh, well, you know. He's 195 pounds. He's similar size to J.D. McKissick. No, he's not. No, he's not. Because Jarrett Patterson is 5'6". And being 5'6 really helps him. Because 5'6", 195 is an 80th percentile BMI. It's true. It's true. It's like, wait, what? How is that? Yeah. We talked about this with Nate Liss on the Sonic Truth Show about J.J. Taylor. J.J. Taylor is this squat running back that's super thick in the lower body And that's how they get up to 190, 195 pounds and an 80th percentile BMI. So Jarrett Patterson is like J.J. Taylor, only J.J. Taylor proved himself as a receiver, at least in one year at Arizona. Jarrett Patterson never did. But here's the difference. Here's the difference. J.J. Taylor comes in as an undrafted rookie and he wallows away on the practice squad. And now he's a game day inactive The thing that I love about Patterson, which is the same thing I love about Khalil Herbert, they were active on game day as a number three running back at the beginning of the season. They seize a job on the active roster, like the 53-man coming out of camp, not, not a taxi squad, practice squad type guy, and then they're active on game day. It's like, wait a second, really? Okay, they don't really need to activate this guy. They can have some special team hybrid player active as their number three running back, as so many teams do. But no, they're like, no, Jared Patterson's a good running back. And he was a complete and utter monster at Buffalo where he had an 1,800-yard season. Like, all the things we liked about Miles Gaskin. Remember Miles Gaskin? Hey, Miles Gaskin, undrafted, sixth, seventh-round pick, these types of running backs, you love if they're monster producers in college. James Robinson, monster producer in college. Small school, whatever. At Washington, what did Miles Gaskin do? Four consecutive seasons with 1,000-plus rushing yards. And that's what Patterson did in his three seasons at Buffalo. Just 1,000 yards, 1,000 yards, 1,000 yards. And in those three seasons at Buffalo, 14 touchdowns, 20 touchdowns, and 19 touchdowns. But the most he did in the passing game was 13 catches. So I just, he's not going to be Khalil Herbert. That's not possible. He's not as athletic and he's not as slick in the passing game. But if we're looking for who could maybe be like Khalil Herbert, we're talking about a low volume offense, but a guy that could just take over as the main guy. 
because Gibson's hurt, and then they're going to get J.D. McKissick hurt if they ramp up his touches, just like, oh, what happened to Damian Williams? He was never durable either, whether it's COVID, whether it's an injury, whatever it is, the job is Herbert's. That's what could happen with Jarrett Patterson. In general, if there's a rookie that wins a job in camp and can be a top three back in week one on his team, I respect him and I'm monitoring him. I already have a bunch of Patterson and Dynasty already. I've been monitoring him in Dynasty and, 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 and put, picking him up knowing I could have any number three running back, but I'd like ones that were mega producers with interesting profiles that have proven themselves over the summer with their respective teams. That's the case for Jarrett Patterson. The case for Rashad Penny is that he was a first-round pick. He has the size and athleticism that Jarrett Patterson will never have. Jarrett Patterson has the BMI, and he hasn't been hurt yet. Rashad Penny is the most injury-prone running back in the league. He's coming off a setback to a knee that he tore up two years ago. He's still not right. He probably never will be right. He's probably going to play in a pain management condition, which is never great. So he's not going to be as explosive. He's not going to be as effective. But he's coming from a place where he's 225 pounds with a 99th percentile speed score. And he was also a monster producer in college. So he can lose some burst. He can lose some effectiveness. And he can still be just as effective as Chris Carson was because Chris Carson was a seventh round pick and Chris Carson was was never a breakaway run threat. It was never particularly quick. So Rashad Penny could give you 80% of what, what Carson was giving you, especially now that Alex Collins has the, the hip injury. So you don't love this offense without Russell Wilson, but Geno Smith did well enough. Geno Smith exceeded expectations against the Steelers. He had them in that game throughout and he didn't, Turned the ball over. He had a high completion percentage. He did all the things we want him to do, right? So you could do a lot worse than Rashad Penny. It's just Rashad Penny is the the chalk waiver wire pickup. Go ahead and get him and see. The upside is pretty phenomenal. If Chris Carson doesn't come back and Penny plays well in Collins' absence this week, he's going to be the primary back until further notice. That's exciting. That's that's exciting. It's just that I can't even imagine him staying healthy into the fantasy playoffs. Like it's just you're just waiting. You're just waiting. So he's more like a rental in that we're not sure what he's gonna do. And when he does finally get in there, it's probably not gonna be for the long term. Whereas I could see Patterson actually taking over for Gibson. Gibson heads to IR, and then Patterson is the primary back for the second half. I can also see that with Penny. It's just, it's such a stretch knowing that we've had all these years of the Penny experience and he's never paid off where Patterson's now earned this similar place in the depth chart and he's 21 years old. So that, that's just, that's the difference. But I also, I just can't, I can't let go of DJ Dallas. You know, I was going to say DJ Dallas. I can't let go five for five in the passing game. Woohoo! Yeah. I like DJ Dallas. He has, Jarrett Patterson level athleticism. This is not a bursty, agile player, right? No, no, not, not, but, but unlike Jarrett Patterson, DJ Dallas, slick, slick in the passing game, slick in the passing game. So I, I like that. 
Dallas better than Penny in the passing game, better than Patterson. It's just that every time Dallas looks up, they're sending another running back out there to start. It's like, dude, what do I got to do? What I, I, you don't trust me? What, what, what I do, what, what did DJ Dallas do? All he's been doing is looking like the heir to Chris Carson as a super versatile primary back with requisite athleticism and size in Seattle. And yet, no, it's Collins. Oh, no, no, this week it's Penny. It's like, Arr! So we're holding on. We're holding on. It continues to stash DJ Dallas and the Scott Fishbowl. A little update on the Scott Fishbowl. Started Herbert. We are number one in the division in points. So that that's going well. That's good. Miles Sanders still isn't fired, but we're, we're trying to trade for Miles Sanders in all formats. Just did a video for social media. Why you have to trade for Miles Sanders. Have Elijah Mitchell. We spent all the fab on Mitchell, and now he looks like he's going to be the, the, the bell cow this week. It's exciting. So exciting. I'm glad to have him back and healthy. And I have DJ Dallas stashed, and we will see what happens. He's now a Rashad Penny injury away from the primary role. Like, it's like every week it creeps, right? I'm like, okay, stash DJ Dallas. He's your number one priority stash. Okay, he's a top five pickup. Okay, he's a top three pickup. Okay, next week, like, this is now the pickup. Like, because his, his rostered percentage isn't moving. Right? When you look across the league, you look at ESPN, Yahoo, it's like, what is he, 2% owned? Like, no, he's not moving the needle at all with ownership across fantasy football leagues, and yet he just keeps moving up our pickup rankings on the waiver-wired program. I'm, I'm very wired for DJ Dallas. So what makes this show different than other shows is that we actually appreciated DJ Dallas more than other shows, more than other programs. And we would say, go pick up DJ Dallas because... He could be the primary back in the second half, just like Jared Patterson. Unlike, say, Dernest Johnson. So I've seen other waiver wire priorities have Dernest Johnson number one. Why? Oh, well, he's going to be the starter for the Browns for one week before Nick Chubb returns. Okay. Do you need a starter this week? I know, I know there's a lot of buys. Elliott's on buy. There's, there's a bunch of buys. Understood. Okay. You need a bye week replacement. That's still no reason to go spend a bunch of fab or to miss out on a guy that has much more long-term value in DJ Dallas, Jarrett Patterson, and even Rashad Penny. So I have Johnson and Felton, the Browns running backs, below the Seahawks running backs and the Washington running backs after all these injuries. I mean, Chubb hurt, Hunt hurt, Carson hurt, Collins hurt. Now Antonio Gibson hurt. Soon J.D. McKissick will be hurt. If they, if, if they overuse him, he will be hurt. If you're looking longer term, I think Felton has more upside than Dernis Johnson. Dernis Johnson, yeah, bye week fill-in, sure. But Hunt is going to miss at least three games, and Felton could slide into a satellite back role. He could be like J.D. McKissick or... Giovanni Bernard, where he's giving you a 20-point week here and there, depending on game flow. That's what's nice about Demetrik Felton, where as soon as Chubb comes back, it's over, right? Johnson's back to oblivion. So for the rest of the season, I prefer Felton for just this week. Clearly, it's going to be the Johnson show. And I don't even know what this offense is going to look like. Will Baker Mayfield play? It's just, eh. Can't get excited. Cannot get excited. The problem with Felton is... These satellite backs, 
that position requires a lot of nuance. That's why it takes time for McKissick to happen, even Theo Riddick, all these all these satellite backs, for them to, to gain some relevance, it takes them a couple of years to develop a feel for that position because you need to know where to be and if to be in sync with the quarterback. Felton's not in place, right? He's, he doesn't know where that quarterback wants him to be on third down and five exactly, how to leak out, when to leak out, how to present yourself to the quarterback, when to chip, when to not chip. It's very complicated to play that third down running back role in the NFL. So I'm not surprised that very few rookies actually become full-time satellite backs in the league. It's typically the more experienced guys, and and they're like Felton in, in that they had wide receiver experience in college. That's J.D. McKissick. He was a wide receiver in college. That was Theo Riddick. A lot of these future satellite backs start off as wide receivers at some point, and then they they move to a running back role, then over time, they earn the trust of the organization and the quarterback. Now, I'm very proud to announce that we are sponsored. Waiver Wired is getting some attention. I don't know. Advertisers are like, we want to sponsor the Waiver Wired show. And I'm like, okay, let's go. Let, let's sponsor Waiver Wired. We're going to make it available for endorsement. Blue Chew. Blue Chew is sponsoring the Waiver Wired show, and we're appreciative to them. I, I think it's fascinating that, they, that Blue Chew decided to, to, to sponsor this show because Blue Chew is all about confidence. And clearly, we confidently go out into the waiver wire and pick up the players that we think are, are going to smash like Khalil Herbert and I instill you with that confidence and Blue Chew gives you that confidence in the bedroom. Fun fact, Viagra was an accident. Viagra was discovered by some chemists at Pfizer that were looking to create a blood pressure medication and in experimenting, they found this blue pill, hence Blue Chew, and it had this weird side effect. And someone in marketing at Pfizer said, you know, yeah, true, it's not that effective against blood pressure, but, but those that use it in these clinical trials are walking around with permaboners. It's kind of amazing, right? So... I would say Blue Chew has picked the perfect show to sponsor. I mean, it is a unique service where if you go to a doctor and you get uh, a uh, you know a prescription from a licensed medical provider, right? Then at that point, you don't have to go to a pharmacy. That's the beauty of it. Like that, going to the pharmacy, I'm always like, oh god, right? You might have a pharmacy with a drive-through. Congratulations if you do. Otherwise, it just the pharmacy gives me just I, I don't it's creepy. I don't know why. So you don't have to go to the pharmacy. You just go to bluechew.com and you submit your prescription and it all comes online and there's no awkward conversations and there's no waiting around and it's just it it's it's it, it's just it's just that easy. So if you want more confidence in the bedroom, like you have on the waiver wire, then go to bluechew.com. And once you have your prescription, 
you can try it for free with promo code UNDERWORLD. You just pay $5 for shipping. Just pay $5 for shipping. BlueChew.com, promo code UNDERWORLD, and you get your first month free. That's it. That's it. It's a no-brainer. It's, it's a no-brainer. I love it. I love the idea of it as well. Like, I, I don't know why anyone feels weird going to pharmacies or feels awkward talking about the blue pill or the blue chew or the blue anything, right? It's just like when I was a kid, like some people would feel awkward buying condoms. And I was like, why do you feel awkward buying condoms? You look like a baller. I feel like a baller buying condoms, right? And so if someone sees you go to bluechew.com, you should feel like a baller. I don't even get that part of it. It's like, oh, it's confidential. So what? <laughs> you know, boners are great. This show is built around the boner sound effect. When I heard a company that specializes in delivering boners wanted to sponsor the show, I was like, this is amazing. Marlon Mack is bonerific too. So Marlon Mack is a great stash. Trade deadline's coming up in a couple weeks. So continue to stash Marlon Mack. Just don't forget. Don't forget about Marlon Mack. He's the best available on the waiver wire, usually. He's just buried behind Jonathan Taylor, and you know they're going to try to trade him. Because they, they like Jordan Wilkins. That's the thing. You know Indianapolis likes Jordan Wilkins. They keep him on the roster for some strange reason. What's the reason? They like him. And for that reason, I think they're also going to trade Marlon Mack. You could stash Devontae Freeman and or Le'Veon Bell. One of those guys is going to get traded as well. And they could get traded to a big high volume offense. And they could find themselves in a Daryl Williams situation. Ramadre Stevenson is not dead yet. He's a stash. Ty Johnson, he's a straight up backup with explosive athleticism. So I'm stashing him for that reason. Joshua Kelly. Joshua Kelly. Great last name. And he's established himself. He said, you know what, Larry Roundtree, you can go ahead and, 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 and take that game day inactive tag. I'm going to be the other one getting touches. And the, the carry distribution between Eckler and Kelly was 60-40 last week. So that was very encouraging, definitely stash-worthy. And before going live, Josh Larkey wanted me to make sure that I mentioned Jeff Wilson. Because Jeff Wilson will be back in a couple weeks. Now I am loyal to <laughs> I am loyal to Elijah Mitchell, as you know. But but I do like Jeff Wilson. We wrote him last year at the end of the year. It was great. And Elijah Mitchell's already been hurt this year. He's undersized. They might overuse him. And then Wilson steps in. The bottom line is you can drop Trey Sermon. I'm not dropping him in the Scott Fish Bowl because it's so deep. Just like the same reason I didn't drop Kenyon Drake. I would have. So it's certainly possible that Trey Sermon is not a total bust, but he wasn't that good in college, guys. And he was super old because he transferred, and the people at Ohio State, the people at Oklahoma said, you're not really cut out to be a bell cow. Nope. Now, some people have called him bell cow Trey Sermon. I don't understand that. There was never been evidence of that. He's always been intriguing. I'm all about rookies with juice. That's one of my signature biases. You know that. But I'm not necessarily all in on this guy by any means. 
which is why at one point I had Jamichael Hasty and was bullish on Raheem Mostert. And I even <laughs> like just gone through everybody, right? And and spent 100 of 100 on Elijah Mitchell because I didn't have a lot of faith in Trey Sermon. And that lack of faith is being rewarded. And Elijah Mitchell is going to be the bell cow this week. And I'm very excited for it. I'm very excited for it. Other guys you could stash. Ryan Nall's technically the number two in Chicago until Damian Williams returns, hopefully this week. But he's going to be on the active roster. He is mildly interesting as the deepest of deep, deep, deep stashes. Same thing with Elijah McGuire. But, I mean, <laughs> it, it just it thins out at running back so quickly. It's, it's actually crazy how thin it can get. Because Herbert got all the touches last week, I mean, that's how good he is. You didn't even see any Nall, but he he was active. And he is the next man up in Chicago. Once Damian Williams comes back, then he's the number three. And then once David Montgomery comes back, then he'll get cut again. I mean, it's the same thing. It's the same thing we always see. And I talked to Chris Bonagura today. Uh, one of the true sharps in the underworld. And his bold prediction was David Montgomery is a league winner again, going nuclear in the playoffs because they have the softest schedule just like last year in the second half. So that's interesting. So for all those reasons, maybe you consider in the deepest leagues, like 32 team leagues, like Ryan Nall is in the league and he's next up just so you know, because it didn't show up in the box score. At receiver, Rashad Bateman, Rashad Bateman, Rashad Bateman, Rashad Bateman. So the Bateman and Herbert calls, are. I'm feeling very good about this. It's like, oh, but uh, Bateman didn't do anything. Yeah, no kidding. He got the targets. That's all that matters. He got more targets than Brown. He established himself as the alpha on his first day playing football on an NFL football field. I can't imagine. At age 21, I just can't imagine what he's going to do. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for explosive Keenan Allen. I have him everywhere. I've traded for him in a bunch of leagues already in Dynasty. I'm just, I'm so, I'm so jazzed for the Rashad Bateman era because I think he's actually just fucking awesome. I think he's going to be rocking up the Dynasty ranking. Just watch it happen. As I say this, something might befall him. I mean, the, the, it's, it's absolutely the Podfather curse is alive and well. I feel I, I'm like, Please, Bateman, don't don't walk under a ladder after I profess my love to you. But watching him out target Marquise Brown was just a thing of beauty. And I also love that he didn't have a huge yardage output, didn't have any touchdowns. So you can still get him on the waiver wire. It's still still time. There's still still time because he didn't erupt, right? So it's great. It's perfect. It's the per- it's the best case scenario. I also love that he pushes Marquise Brown into more of that Z role. Marquise Brown is a a quintessential Z. You want him running deep routes. You want him running double moves. You want him running those bubble screens. You want him running reverses and going in motion. And You want Marquise Brown to be that toy that the offensive coordinator dangles in front of the defense and the defense is always guessing. What are they going to do with Brown? And then... On the left-hand side at X, it's just Bateman, 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 Bateman. He's the steady rock. And then you can play around with the other pieces on the offense 
where Bateman is always going up against the opposing primary cornerback, and he has the skill set, the technical skills to get separation and secure passes against any cornerback in the league. It's impossible to snuff him out. His presence gives that offense so much versatility now. It's amazing. The one thing it does, though, is it pulls targets away from Brown. So Brown is going to be less productive in fantasy football, but he's going to be a much more important piece of their offense. So he's much more helpful in that Z role, but the targets will come down. That's that's the only caveat. Donovan Peoples-Jones. This is the David and Joku of wide receivers. We never know which week is going to erupt. Good luck guessing, but I'm chasing it, man. I'm chasing it. You know I love the young receivers with size and athleticism. Now he's putting up 100 yards and two touchdowns. I'm chasing that. You know I'm chasing I'm like a dog. Like, just running off the screen. Chasing Donovan Peoples. Of course I'm chasing Donovan. Of course. It's the most predictable thing ever that I would chase Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yes, I'm in. Just, just dangle that profile on playerprofile.com. Just go to Donovan Peoples-Jones. Check it out. It's awesome. He looks awesome. And we have the excuse that he was trapped on the Harbaugh regime. So, <laughs> Tyrell Williams. Tyrell Williams is a guy. He's a guy on a team that has no receivers. The number one wide receiver chair is wide open in Detroit. He's eligible to return from the concussion. And Amon Ross St. Brown had his mom's spaghetti all over his shirt. Just vomit on his sweater already. He had his chance in Detroit, and he blew it. He blew it. He blew it. Amon Ra blew it. I was convinced, and he blew it. And now Williams returns, and Williams is like, I got this. Williams is bigger. Williams will be better in that, in that X role. And it'll move Amon Ra over to Z permanently. He'll be slot flanker. That's fine. That's a better position for him. Just put Williams out at X. Williams will get more targets. And that's why I would rather have Williams than St. Brown. Not that you want either, right? I mean, the Lions are supposed to lose by 15 this week to the Rams. So that's, uh, that's a bummer. That is a bummer. But uh, deep stashes and streamers. Brian Edwards, always, always Brian Edwards. Like, it was funny talking about Brian Edwards. People in the comments are like, why do you talk about Brian Edwards? Why do you care about Brian Edwards? Like, he just didn't score, guys. He just didn't score. He's getting the same targets and more air yards per target than the other receivers. Like, he and Ruggs are putting up some impressive peripheral metrics. They're just not crushing, right? But Ruggs is going to have a week and Edwards is going to have a week. The problem is with Edwards, it might not come before the buy. So I'm not saying go use fab on Edwards. I'm not saying prioritize him. I'm just saying stash him. And after the buy, he's going to have some weeks because he's the only one that looks like a true number one. He's the only one that can play X in that offense. So I like Edwards. I still do. Quez Watkins also. Quez Watkins looks like he's just a better receiver than Jalen Rager, period. So if you're the number two in an offense and you have sub 4-4 speed, I'm interested. If you're a starting wide receiver with Aaron Rodgers, like Alan Lazard, I'm interested. I'm still stashing you. I'm still a believer. I'm a I'm a Alan Lazard truther. I'm a Brian Edwards truther. I'm a Donovan Peoples-Jones zealot. Someone has to be the number two in New York, and we love Daniel Jones this week. It's a great game environment for Daniel Jones. 
Someone's going to be the number two. If Slayton and Galladay are out, ah, oh, God, I can't believe I'm going to do this. I'm going to stream Pettis. I'm going to stream Dante Pettis. He's getting the targets. I mean, double-digit targets, man. Wow. I was not ready for that. That was that was a shock. That was surprising. So are we saying that one day, three years from now, Brandon Ayuk is going to have 11 targets for the Giants? Not sorry. Not sorry. Well, yeah, this Panthers-Giants game is interesting. It, it feels very Daniel Jones get right because the Panthers' defense just isn't good enough to contain him. They can contain the running game. They're just not their front seven is not quite good enough to to put constant pressure on Jones and 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 stop him from doing what he wants to do, which is throw the ball deep and run and do all the things we love for fantasy football. It would be interesting if Slayton is active. I like Slayton more than I like Pettis. So that would be cool. I would stream Slayton as well if he's active. If Galladay's active, forget it. Right? It's gonna be Galladay and Shepard. But if Galladay misses week seven. I want Slayton. If not Slayton, I want Pettis. That's that's a good streaming situation. I'm also still streaming Van Jefferson. Oh, right. I love that offense, but it's like with Rondale Moore. There's so many weapons, and they get out to such a huge lead. And, and the volume isn't there. The, the total pass attempts just aren't quite there because there's no incentive to throw the ball in the second half when you're crushing everybody. It's like the Rams and the... Cardinals need to play each other every week. If they're not playing each other every week, we as fantasy gamers suffer. It's like, it's like come on, man. But Van Jefferson's going to have weeks. Quez Watkins will have weeks. They're, they're very similar guys, Van Jefferson and Watkins. If I was streaming, I would stream one of these Giants receivers. If I'm stashing, I'm stashing a Brian Edwards or a Quez Watkins or even a Van Jefferson. And you know, the show is also brought to you by Lucy. Their clean, coconut-infused nicotine pouches have varying levels of intensity. So you can start with maximum nicotine and then slowly step down if that's what you would like. Or you might just like the taste. You might just like the flavor. A lot of people do. Just know these are made of non-tobacco nicotine, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co, promo code UNDERWORLD. Lucy.co, promo code UNDERWORLD, to get 20% off your order of Lucy Slim pouches at checkout. Lucy.co, promo code UNDERWORLD. Streaming tight ends? Ricky Seals-Jones, you're welcome. I actually won a number of matchups this week in these, because I'm in a lot of these deep leagues where we start five to six receivers, three running backs, multiple tight ends. They're great. And most of them are dynasty but in Dynasty, when you start so many players, and it's a 12-plus team league, I'm in a 16-team league even, you need to go out and work the waiver wire week in, week out, just to play and field a full lineup. So I have a bunch of teams where I was actually streaming both Herbert and Ricky Seals-Jones, and they both hit. I'm like, oh, waiver wired! And it, yes, Ricky Seals-Jones once again. It's like we go right back to Ricky Seals-Jones. Right back to it. Force them to stop it. Force the defense to stop Ricky Seals-Jones. I don't think Terry McLaurin's going to be 100% for another week. Deami Brown's out. Curtis Samuel out. It's the ultimate target conservation play. And Ricky Seals-Jones is a better receiver than blocker. It's just that he probably has one more week left before Logan Thomas returns and then Ricky Seals-Jones turns back into a pumpkin and we carve him up 
and celebrate Halloween and call it a day. O.J. Howard had a, had a little week. O.J. Howard had a nice little, nice little breakout showing that, yes, you can come back from an Achilles rupture, both Howard and Marlon Mack showing off some explosiveness post-Achilles. Always a great sign. Gerald Everett, he's going to have a week. He's technically the number three receiver in Seattle. It's less likely with Geno Smith, but I still like Everett. He's getting dropped, and I would pick him up. If not Everett, Moali Cox. If not Moali Cox, CJ Uzoma. Oh, it gets so bad. It gets so bad. It's so bad out there. And beyond Daniel Jones, it's, it's so easy to stream Daniel Jones. Daniel DeLorean Jones. I call him Daniel DeLorean Jones because he's flawed. He has a tarnished brand, but he does have super volatile upside. Like he is a fun player. The DeLorean is fun to drive. It's just not reliable. The door doesn't open. <laughs> like it's like it's so unreliable yet so fun and the brand is forever tarnished. Like no one can take Daniel Jones seriously. It's just it's it's he's Danny DeLorean. He's not Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes that was 2 years ago in preseason, right? That was just a, a misguided nickname from the beginning. Fuck Danny Dimes. It's Danny DeLorean. And then Tua, you just you stream Tua just in case last week is, is what he really is. And then they, they will likely get Devontae Parker back. I'm playing Parker this week. Oh, yeah. Right, right back on Parker. Right back on him. Go right back to him. He's healthy, right? That's what Terry McLaurin should have. Terry McLaurin should have, should have been on the Devontae Parker plan. Rest and rehab. Come back 100%. Hopefully that's what we get from Parker. I think Geno Smith's an interesting streamer this week. He played really well. In deep leagues, I would stream him in like two quarterback and super flex leagues. You have bye weeks. You can play Geno Smith with some relative confidence. Mac Jones is interesting after Matt Ryan went well over 300 yards against New York, but it, it just could be a Damian Harris week. That's the risk with Mac Jones. Don't, don't it, You're always looking at a potential Damian Harris week. And same with Teddy Bridgewater. You're always and forever looking at a possible... Gordon and Williams week, but I do like that. The difference with, with Teddy Bridgewater is he has Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant, and Mac Jones really doesn't have anyone like that. But I would prioritize Daniel Jones and Tua over those guys regardless. We're back on Instagram with Waiver Wire, man. Yeah. Got some some waiver pickups. Quite a few this week. Wasn't wasn't ready for this many. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll get we'll get the full show started in a minute. I, I like I, for some reason I, I like doing a little bit of Instagram pre-show. Something about Instagram where I feel like you all appreciate a little behind the scenes pre-show. It's a little warm up. Little chit chat at the beginning. I don't know why. 
I just feel like Instagram. You guys, you guys appreciate it. This show is built around the boner sound effect. When I heard a company that specializes in delivering boners wanted to sponsor the show, I was like, this is amazing. 